0: And there were shepherds living out in the fields over there, um, by uh, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. But the angel said to them, can you say, do not be afraid? Do not be afraid. Well done. And can you say, I bring you good news? I bring you good news. That will be, that will, hang on, that will cause great joy for all all the people can you remember that one mm. <laughs> um, that will cause, great that will
1: cause great joy
0: for all the people well done today in oh yes today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the Messiah the Lord this will be assigned to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger and now everyone needs to stand up Have we've got the words on here. Everyone stand up. Suddenly, oh, hang on. Stay, stay stood. I should have done a health warning. At this point, there may be a few loud bangs. If, you, if you're nervous about loud bangs, put your hands over your ears. Um, so there we go. So, suddenly a great hope, company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, everybody, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Look at that. That was better than I expected it to be. Amazing. Sit down. Thank you, glorious throng. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, can you say, let us go to Bethlehem?
1: Let us go to Bethlehem. And see, hang on, and see this thing that has happened. And see this thing that has happened.
0: Uh, which, which the Lord has told us about which the Lord has told us about. Brilliant. Follow me to Bethlehem then. Excellent. Okay. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph, who don't yet have a baby. (laughs) Mary. Mary. Can you hold the baby Jesus? Now it looks right. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was actually being cuddled by his mummy. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Can you look like you're thinking really carefully, Mary? The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Can you praise God like this? Um, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. give them a round of applause. Thank you, everybody. You can have a seat now, and Sean's going to come and explain that to us.
1: Uh, before I begin, can I just take a moment to pray? Father, I ask with what I'm about to share, uh, that you would help it to connect with hearts of people that are here. I pray that you would use it in our hearts to help us draw near to you this Christmas. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Brian, before I begin, sorry, I just caught, I had a cough drop in my mouth and I was trying to get it down. Okay. Um, before I begin, can I just share something with you that I think is fantastic to share on Christmas Day? Um, earlier this month, uh, we had a gift day um, to raise, and we were seeking to raise 240,000 pounds to purchase a community center next to St. Andrews that will be used in some really great ways to serve some of the neediest in our community. Um, I'm happy to report that we have already raised the 240,000 pounds. Well done, church. Um, um, of course, if you've pledged and you haven't yet given that money in, please, please do. <laughs> um, um, we'll, be, we'll be actually closing um, that purchase on January 3rd. We'll be putting it into use starting on January 9th as a warm space for some of the neediest people on Fox Hill, which is fantastic. So um, just so you're aware of what's happening there. Praise God. Okay. What I want to do with you that guys this morning, just briefly... Um, is I essentially want to think about just one word, like we're familiar with the Christmas story and the phrase I'm thinking of is that I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, but I want to really focus on one word and that word this morning is joy and our, our understanding of joy is more shallow than what we find in the Bible, okay? Okay. And even if you were to look, for example, in the Cambridge Dictionary, you would find it defined as great happiness or a person or thing that causes happiness. But this, I don't think, reflects the depth of what joy is meant to mean. And so let me give you a few examples from the Bible, okay? Check this out. Uh, James 1 verse 2 says it this way, "'Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds.'" Like, consider it great happiness? That doesn't really work, does it? doesn't reflect what's really happening there. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. Hebrews 12, 2, talking about Jesus, said, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Like, for the great happiness set before him? Like, joy is more profound than that. It runs deeper. Paul wrote the book of Philippians with loads about joy from a prison cell. And so we see that we can have joy in the midst of suffering. We also see that joy can be long-term or it can take in the big picture. It's been said that, um, that happiness is like an inch deep and a mile wide but joy is a mile deep and a mile wide. I think that's a helpful description. Joy runs much deeper. And so you can have joy, perhaps from doing the right thing, but not happiness with it. See, so it can be kind of complex, actually. And so let me give you, just to kind of tease this out a little bit more, um, let me show you something that that probably loads of you have already seen, but this video clip... I think is a great example of joy. You put, wouldn't necessarily use the word happiness. It's more profound and it runs much deeper. Um, this is the, uh, the John Lewis Christmas advert that's just come out. Okay, so the other day when we were preparing for this service, um, Tim, Katie, and I watched this in my study and the, um, Tim and I were like messing up, <laughs> You're right? Okay, Katie was, Katie was kind of like, you guys wimps? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, not really, but anyways. Um, the, uh, but it definitely gets to the idea that, that joy is more profound, it runs more deep, like that's the sort of thing you see in that clip, is that actually we're getting joy, there's a depth that's there. And yet, however, sometimes joy and happiness can come really close, and even happiness that we often experience is because there's a depth that's behind it. So check, check this out, this is worth thinking about. C.S. Lewis often use the word joy, and I recently heard an an expert on C.S. Lewis um, describe how he would define joy as this, Um, the the people that really love their words will will love it, anyways, as deep-seated longing embedded in each of us that searches for its proper object, okay? Let me read that again. Deep-seated longing embedded in each of us that searches for its proper object, you see, often when we experience happiness even, really where that's coming from is from something much deeper. And joy is meant to be the source of happiness, but it's, again, much more profound. So check this out. Let me give you a few examples to help you connect with this. Personally, I like architecture. A lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't know that. I just do. It just seems nice. <laughs> and so seeing something that's well-designed might make me happy for that reason, but also there could be a more profound, deeper level where deep in my heart it might resonate with the fact that there is a grand designer that has created everything. Like what causes someone to like design, right? Or you might go home and have a roaring fireplace, and that might make you happy. But also your happiness might be connected to how God has wired you with a longing for home, home, that is actually only properly fulfilled in heaven. Or C.S. Lewis, for example, he um, he would thought it odd how we as humans often consider the passage of time. You know, oh, you're growing up so fast, you know, that sort of thing. Um, like I've just seen a few youth that are baffling because now they're adults. Anyways, but there you go, um, that I knew a long time ago. Um, like C.S. Lewis said, do fish, essentially he said it this way, do fish complain about being wet from the water in which they swim? <laughs> like we're all bound to time, we're all, we all live within time, why does it surprise us? And maybe it shows us that we are made mindful of eternity because we were made for eternity. Put negatively, you might feel lonely even when surrounded by people or have a longing for home even though you have a nice home as these things are only shadows of the reality that is heaven for which we are made. And so sometimes we have these moments of happiness that essentially connect with something, connect with a longing for something that is greater, that is more substantial. Sometimes we have these moments of happiness where we're transported to another place. Perhaps when you're listening to great music or being swept along in a great novel, seeing a beautiful view or tasting food that surprises you, or when it snows and you, come and you head outside and you first find that it's snowing. Many things bring us happiness because they hint at something greater that our hearts are made for. We were made for more than this. And so what we see in this is this sense, and it kind of connects with this meaning of joy, the depth of what joy is. Another way it can be said is that happiness is a feeling, but joy is a point of view. Um, again, there's a depth to it. And so check this out. In, in Luke chapter 10, there's a, the thing an extraordinary thing happens. Jesus sends out these 72 disciples. And they head out, and there he's given them, he's encouraged them to go and heal people and to cast out demons. And they come back from this experience really excited. And it says in Luke 10, verse 17, it says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Check out what they said. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Like they're excited. They share it with Jesus, and what he says is this, verse 20. However, do not rejoice. Again, do not have joy. Rejoice. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Like, essentially, I think what Jesus is saying here, you're excited about casting out demons? That's nothing. (laughs) Right? Which, by the way, that would be pretty cool. (laughs) Like, he's going, that's nothing. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because that is so much more substantial, so much more significant. Um, there, was a, there was a book by Mike Iaconelli. He wrote a book called Dangerous Wonder. And there's one bit that I really just, a little anecdote in that book that I really like. And the, the situation goes that as a family, they're all together kind of probably at a Christmas sort of moment. And it starts snowing outside. And they see kind of an opportunity. And the opportunity they see is they, it's dark out. They turn off the patio lights. And because of that, you can't see that it's snowing. And so they take the, his two-year-old nephew, and they bring him to the patio. And they open up the sliding glass door. And they kind of they take him outside. And then they turn on the lights because in just a moment then, and they're recording it, of course, <laughs> right? Um, And in in just a moment, all of a sudden, this little two-year-old boy is discovering snow. And Mike Iaconelli writes about it this way. He says this, his eyes stretched wide with astonishment. He stood motionless, paralyzed. It was all too much for a two-year-old to take in, for anyone to take in. He twitched and jerked each time a snowflake landed on his face. Just behind his large eyes, you could see sparks flying from the cross currents of millions of electric stimuli, overwhelming the circuit breakers of his previously small world. It was a moment of wonder. Should we take joy in a moment like that? Yes, right? But it's nothing compared with the joy that we celebrate at Christmas, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Going on there in Luke 2, it says a Savior has been born. Essentially, we can be saved. Our names can be written in heaven. Good news of great joy. This is a a deep source of joy that is profound and world-changing. And it's a source of joy that is available for all people. Obviously, the beauty of what we celebrate at Christmas is not just a baby being born, but it's that we can come to know God, that we can know that we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. We have much to celebrate. We have a source of joy that is massive. And it is available for all people. And so can I say this morning, if you feel like that's not a source of joy for you, it can become a source of joy. You can draw near to God and find that you can be saved as well through Christ. And so let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for joy. And thank you for the depth of joy that is available to us through your word. I pray that you would, um, for those that might feel like the, this great news This good news of great joy isn't theirs yet. I pray that you would help them to reach out to you to confess their sin and believe in Jesus for salvation and to know that they are forgiven. I pray for all of us that we would have this source of joy that keeps overflowing in our lives in different ways, that you would help us to connect with it, to be aware of it, And so this Christmas, Father, we thank you that we celebrate good news of great joy that will be for all the people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.